Jewish father was very troubled by the fact that his son did not take his faith very seriously, and he was constantly getting in trouble. And so the father said to his son, If you do not straighten up, I am going to send you to the Holy Lands to learn how to become a good Jewish boy. But the son refused to listen and continued in his ways. And so the father followed through with his threat and sent his son to the Holy Lands. But his son returned in just a few short months, having become a Christian. His father was shocked. How could this be? The father struggled with this, and so he went to his best friend. And he told his friend all about what had happened with his son. And his friend said, Funny you should come to me. I too had trouble with my son. I too told him that I would send him to the Holy Lands to become a good Jew if he didn't straighten up. And he refused to change. I too sent him to the Holy Lands. And you'll never guess what happened. He too returned as a Christian. And they said to each other, What do we do? After discussing it for a while, they decided to go to see the rabbi because they knew that the rabbi would know just what to do. And so they went to see the rabbi and they asked him, What do we do? With a disbelieving look in his eyes, the rabbi said, Funny you should come to me. I too had a son. He too was giving me trouble. And so I also sent him to the Holy Lands. But he also came back as a Christian. And so the three of them sat together and they said, Brothers, what shall we do? They decided that they needed to take this before God, and so they began to pray together. And they prayed, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, we come before you because we don't know what to do. We all three have had sons who were in trouble, and we sent them to the Holy Lands, your lands, O God. But they returned as Christians. God of Abraham, what do we do? And suddenly a lightning flashed and thunder clapped and a loud voice from heaven said to them, Funny you should come to me. (laughs) The book of Hebrews was written to Jewish people who had become Christians. In fact, the context of the entire book of Hebrews is really about Jewish Christians who were struggling to hold firmly to their faith in Christ. In chapter 4 of Hebrews, verses 1 through 10, the writer compares Israel's journey through the wilderness with the faith of his readers. And so he does this comparison between Israel's disobedience and the struggle of the Jewish Christians to retain their faith in Jesus Christ alone. And just as Canaan was promised as a rest for the nation of Israel, so we find that Jesus is also our promised rest that we can be satisfied in Christ alone because he gives us all that we need for living a Christian life. And then in verses 12 and 13 of chapter 4, he says this, For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It divides the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him who, with whom we must give an account. And so we discover then that the way in which we find our rest in Christ is by staying in the word of Christ. It is the word that is living and active. It is the word that penetrates our heart and the heart of the issues. It is the word that judges our thoughts and our actions. 
And when we read the Word, we, we discover that we cannot hide our sins from God, and everything is laid bare before God. Yet at the same time, we also discover that we can find our rest from the guilt of sin and the burdens of this life in Jesus Christ. And so through Jesus, we gain access to God, and it's an access that is superior to anything that the people of God had ever had before. And so he says in verse 14 of chapter 4, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. The writer of Hebrews gives us these two commands. The first is this, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. And the second is, let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Both of these commands can only be fulfilled in light of the fact that Jesus is our great high priest. The fact that Jesus is our high priest is the major theme of the book of Hebrews. It's that transition between the old covenant and the new covenant. In order to fully understand the book of Hebrews, you have to fully understand the role of a high priest. The role of a high priest within the Jewish community and the Jewish mindset for which Hebrews was written. But we have difficulty relating to a high priest. We don't fully understand it. Maybe if you came from a Catholic or Anglican background, you might kind of understand a high priest, but even that is not what the concept of the Jewish high priest was all about. And so we need to understand the role of a high priest in that Jewish community because it is through the high priest that our sins are covered now and our sins are forgiven. But you see, the people of Israel, under the law of Moses, they were never able to completely approach God with confidence. They honored God, they had faith in God. They worshipped God, they made sacrifices to God, they even prayed to God, but they did not draw near to God in the way that we can now draw near to Him. In fact, the average Jew did not even speak the name of God, the name of God, Yahweh. They would not even use His name. And so they had a relationship with God, but that relationship was an impersonal one in which they could only approach God through the high priest. And so, to a large degree, they could only know God from a distance. And there are several things in the Jewish uh, law and the Jewish understanding that illustrated this concept of approaching God, but only approaching Him from a distance. The first is the law. The law was a system of rights and wrongs, of do's and don'ts. And it built an awareness of the wrongs and our need for God. But it only revealed sinfulness and separation. By fulfilling the law, the Jewish person might be able to gain access, but it would only be a limited access to God. To the Jewish person, their relationship to God was very much based around law-keeping, around fulfilling the list of do's and don'ts. And so it was still at a great distance 
And the other thing, the second thing that the Jewish person would have understood is the temple. The temple was a place to go and to worship God and to make sacrifices to God. But they worshiped God very differently than how we understand worshiping God. God's presence was only visible in the first temple that God had declared that the Jewish people, the Israelites, would build. But only the high priest could approach God. The high priest went into the Holy of Holies once a year on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. And to the Jewish person, the temple represented the earthly place through which they connected to God. Yet, even with the temple, they could not personally connect with God or go into the Holy of Holies. And so they didn't have full access to God. They still only approached God from a distance. And priesthood was also the concept of the Jewish people and how they could approach God. But it was still from a distance. A priest spoke to God on behalf of the people. In Hebrews chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, it says this, Every high priest is selected from among the people and is appointed to represent the people in matters of and related to God, to offer gifts of sacrifice for sins. He is able to deal gently with those who are ignorant and are going astray since he himself is subject to weakness. This is why he has to offer sacrifices for his own sins as well as for the sins of the people. And no one takes this honor on himself, but he receives it when called by God, just as Aaron was. In the same way, Christ did not take on himself the glory of becoming a high priest, but God said to him, You are my son, and, it be, and today I become your father. And he says in another place, you are a priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. And so the role of the high priest was to approach God in matters related to the people of Israel. In other words, the people connected God really only through the high priest. And the high priest's role was to offer gifts and sacrifices for the sins of the people on behalf of himself and of the nation of Israel. An individual Jew had no way of asking God for forgiveness for their sins. But the other role of the high priest was be to be a pastor to the people because even the high priest was sinful and he had to, first of all, offer a sacrifice for his own sin. And so it enabled him to deal gently with the people who may have been ignorant or were going astray. To the Jewish person, the high priest was the highest religious authority in the land. He alone entered the Holy of Holies in the temple, and that only once a year to make atonement for the sins of the nation. And so, today we kind of have difficulty understanding the role of high priest. But to the Jewish person, it was the most important office in the land. And the first high priest was Aaron, the brother of Moses. And he was a mediator between the people and God. His task is to bring the voice of God to the people and to usher the people into the presence of God. And so, as one historian said, once a year on the Day of Atonement, the high priest alone would go into the Holy of Holies to make atonement for all the sins of the nation. If he entered there improperly or at any other time, he would die. That's according to Leviticus chapter 16. 
He would sprinkle the blood on the mercy seat in the presence of God. And when he came out alive, the people heaved a sigh of relief because it meant that God had accepted the sacrifice for their sins for another year. In fact, it is said that the priests would tie a rope to the high priest before he entered the Holy of Holies. Because if that high priest died in the Holy of Holies, they would have no way of getting his body out because they were not allowed to enter into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of God. And if they did that and they were not allowed, they would immediately die. It's fascinating to gain an understanding of the rituals that had to be performed by the high priests. But the question we have to ask ourselves is this, why is the high priest so important to our faith? You see, the most significant aspect of the high priest is to provide atonement for the sins of the people. But the trouble with the atonement provided by the Old Testament priest was that it was only a temporary solution. These sacrifices never offered true forgiveness. They were always temporary. And so, as the writer of Hebrews points out in chapter 10, verse 11, day after day the priests stand and perform his duties. Again and again he offers sacrifices. And so the author of Hebrews is saying to the people, because nothing in all of creation is hidden from God's sight, there in verse 13 of chapter 4, and because we must give account for our sins, then it's important to fully understand what this means, that Jesus is our great high priest. And because God sees all of our sins, all is open to God, all is in God's sights, we therefore have to give an account for those sins. And so it is only through Jesus, the great high priest, that those sins are truly forgiven. But this high priest, Jesus, rather than entering the Holy of Holies in the earthly temple, this temporary place, Hebrew says that Jesus passed through the heavens and now sits in the very presence of God. And so the point the writer of Hebrews is making here is this, that Jesus, our great high priest, is unlike any human high priest because he sits in the presence of God. No high priest would ever sit down in the Holy of Holies. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 11 says, Day after day every high priest stands and performs his religious duties. Again and again he offers the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when this priest has offered for all time one sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. That high priest is Jesus Christ alone. Jesus the high priest sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That is a very significant statement. Because now we gain this picture of Jesus as a high priest. And rather than pouring out the blood of animals on that mercy seat in the presence of God, Jesus became the Lamb of God. He shed his own blood and he alone sat down on the final mercy seat next to God's throne of grace. Jesus offered the perfect sacrifice once for all. No longer was it temporary. No longer would the high priest have to go into the temple year after year and offer this temporary sacrifice of the blood of animals. There is no longer a need for any other sacrifice. Jesus is now our great high priest who has gone through the heavens. Jesus is the great high priest who is also able to sympathize with us 
because he became one of us. And now Jesus sits in the presence of God. He sympathizes with our plight. He calls out to God on our behalf. And because of this, we are able to hold firmly to our faith and we are able to approach the throne of grace with confidence. Don't you just love that word grace? It's not the throne of the law. It's not the throne of works. It's the throne of grace. And through Jesus, we can approach God with confidence. There is no longer a dividing wall of hostility, no longer a dividing wall that separates us and God. We no longer have to approach God from a distance. You see, in the temple, when Jesus died on the cross, this great curtain that divided the Holy of Holies from the rest of the temple, it was split in half. In the Gospel of Matthew chapter 27, Matthew tells us that at that moment the curtain in the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And now the way to God is open to all of us, and we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. John writes in his Gospel, chapter 1, verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. And so the writer of Hebrews says in verse 16 of chapter 4, Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Now, through our high priest Jesus Christ, we find mercy and grace in our lives. Everyone will need help. Everyone will give in to temptation and sin. And there will be times in our lives when all we can do is cry out to God for help. And when we pray to God and we cry out to God, we do this through our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who sits in the presence and the power of God. And it is through the Holy Spirit's power in us that we can approach God. And God in his great power bestows upon us his mercy and his grace.